I hear you good. Do you hear me? Mm-hmm. I hear you perfect. I see you perfect. You look good. Oh, good. All right. All right. Shoot. So let's, get, let's get started. All right. So welcome to the very first episode of uh, How to Make a Film When You Don't Know Shit. That's the title of this podcast. How to Make a Film When You Don't, you don't know, know Shit. <laughs> well, I don't think that's true because we've been in the business a long time. We know a lot about film. That's true. That's true. Well, let me let me introduce you to the guest first. This is Alfredo Natoli. This is my father. And he's our first guest because the film that we did, which we'll talk about in detail, Last I Heard, which then became, that was the original title, which then became Once Upon a Time in Queens. Right. My involvement with this all started with you. So just a little background on my father. He's a, a saxophone player. A songwriter wrote wrote a song wrote the last song Frank Sinatra ever recorded called "Here's to the Band." Uh, is an accomplished actor. Was in a famous scene in Casino. Uh, worked in a lot of films, uh, and then became a screenwriter himself. Directed his own film. Starred in his own film, and uh, is coming out with a book. Did I miss anything? The name of the book. What's the name of the book? <laughs> I'm a popular unknown. <laughs> so everything you just said, that's true. I did all that. I'm did all a popular stuff. unknown. Yeah. You've done a lot of stuff. You've been in a lot of different aspects of the business. Didn't I introduce you to the director of the film that you're talking about that you did? Yeah, that's what, that's what we're going to talk about today. So the film that, that we're going to discuss, uh, and, and this is a limited series podcast. So the entire podcast is about this film that I acted in and I produced. And the film was originally called Last I Heard, and it was created by uh, the late, great Dave Rodriguez, who was a friend of yours, who you came... I worked in two films, two films with him. Right. So tell me a little bit about how you uh, first got introduced to Dave, how you guys met. Well, there was a casting agent, Ellen Jacoby, in Miami mm -hmm. Beach. Mm -hmm. And uh, she uh, was casting a few films I was in. Gone Fishing was one of the big ones. Mm -hmm. And she called me. She said, uh, I'd like you to come and read for this director. Okay. That's do doing a couple of films. He's doing a film with Chaz Palminteri. And I like you to read, so I did. I came in, and he liked me, and he set me up with Chaz Palminteri, and I did to, the film with Chaz. To do so, you, he set you up to what? Read with him? No, I didn't read with him. I, I read with Rodriguez, but then okay. the scene was with Chaz. So, so was that the first time you ever met Chaz? No, no, I met Chaz on uh, Bronxdale years okay. ago. Okay. Okay. Uh, Chaz uh, had his own uh, group. Like I have groups, you know. We used to work the trenches. His his group was uh, Chaz and the Razzma Chaz. <laughs> and what <laughs> and was he, he a singer? Sing was he a singer? Oh yeah, singer. Good singer. I didn't good doo wop singer. I yeah, didn't know very that. good. Wow. So he knew I played saxophone. Uh -huh. So we started talking at Bronx Tale many times about the sax and you know the different places I worked, the places he worked. We started okay. trading war stories. Okay. And that was on the set. That was when, was that on Bronx? On the or set, was that yeah. On... It was very okay. loose. Okay. De Niro would take all his time directing. He was in <laughs> no hurry. He was right. very, very thorough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you worked with some great directors because you worked with Robert De Niro directed Bronx Tale and then uh, Martin right. Scorsese directed Casino. Right. 
So and, I want uh, Jim Jim Jarmish. And what did he draft? Uh, it was this. Uh, let's see. It was called the Samurai uh, Ghost, Ghost Dog. Dog. <laughs> The Way of the Samurai. Oh, okay. Ghost Dog with... With, um, with Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. So, and Jim so Jarmusch, you, it was great. Yeah, he was a good good director. Yeah. So Excellent. you so They're you all meet, good directors. So you meet Dave Rodriguez, right? And yeah. you you meet Dave Rodriguez. Do you know right away you've got the part in this film? No, Dave's, Dave was a funny guy. He would like, you know, uh, make you think you got it, but you didn't have it. Like I read for your movie. I didn't get it. <laughs> I, I wasn't in your movie. I thought I thought I was going to be in. In fact, you came to one of the readings with a friend of yours who's no longer with us. Yeah. Uh, I love that guy, by the way. Uh, Paul Beckett was the best. Okay, wait, we'll go. We'll, uh, we'll go back because I want to cover that. So you read, so you read with you, Dave. You're in the back clapping. To, you were the best. That, out of all of them, you were the best. How do you get the part? Right. <laughs> Story of our life. There's a lot, of, a lot of heartbreak being an actor. Well, they All went right. a different way. All right. So in this scenario, they did not. They picked you. You get the call from Ellen Jacoby. You're in the film. You got it. And you show up on set. And what was your role in this? This was Push? Yeah, Push. Okay. He was very excited, David Rodriguez. So I can't wait for your scene. It's going to be great. You and Chaz are going to talk about restaurants in New York and all that, and you're going to banter back and forth. You're so did you have lines? Down. Did you have lines, or was oh, it improv No, I had lines with Chaz. But did you improv at all? He was a... No, I know okay, what I was going to say. Lines. Okay, okay. So you do the scene with Chaz, and now how do you become friends with Dave Rodriguez? Because you guys became... I mean, he used you more than once, right? Well, he used to come to the club to see me play. He knew I played saxophone. Right. And I was working with a piano player friend of mine, uh, Tony, Tony Russell, Tony Russ. Okay. We went to high school together. He, he's been in many movies. So he had a little nightclub act where he played piano, and I was playing sax. And Dave came down to see us. Okay. This so is in he, California. He in California, right. Okay. okay. It was a, a little restaurant called Carmine Two. I remember that. Yeah. Where, yeah, where Dean Martin used to come after Dean lost his son. Oh. He was in a tragic condition. I mean, he, he didn't want to be around anybody. He would have the back table at the restaurant. And he would just sit there quietly and eat. Sad. Yeah, very sad. Lost his son. I, I didn't realize Carmine's had been around that long. Was that the oh, original yeah, he, Carmine's or that was Carmine's too? Well, it's the same guy. It was his father, I guess. Okay. That had okay. the place. Okay. So Dave comes you to know. see you play, and then how he do you... He didn't know anything about music, but uh, I still worked for him. I mean, uh, a lot of club owners don't know nothing about music. True. The minute you play when they do this, <laughs> you, don't want to, you don't want the hand. You know what I mean? Right. For people that don't are listening don't and that. don't see the video, he's giving you the... Quieter, right? Too loud. Yeah, quiet. Right. The quiet. Major D's at hotels do that too. The right. Major D at hotel has two moves: <laughs> turn the air condition on and tell you to be quiet. <laughs> right. It's terrible, uh, but it's true. It is true. It is true. All right. So Dave Rodriguez contacts you about the stage reading of Last I Heard. When? At what point? Where were you when that when you got that call? 
Uh, he called me personally and said, uh, I want you to come meet me in L.A. A lot of the cast is going to be there. There must have been about 10 people on stage. And I want yeah. you to read for something. Last I heard. Okay. This is great. And what part did and you I, read for? I knew you, you were involved in it. Well, not at that point. At that point, I wasn't No, but involved. I thought I was going to get a part. I really did. Right, right. And what part did you read for? What was your part in the in the stage reading of it? I think it was in the deli somewhere. It was one of the deli guys. And okay. I really don't remember. Right. Because, because we had script in front of us, you know, no yeah. improv. I was reading lines. Right. That's stage and reading. Narducci was there, too. The girl. Uh, Kathy Narducci. Yeah, that I worked in uh, the De Niro thing with Pesci. The last film I did. Oh, um, it was th oh, three and um, a half hours long. Yeah. Um, the oh Irishman. Gosh, the Irishman. Yeah, the Irishman. Okay, so three Captain Narducci was long. there. Yeah. You don't see me till three hours. <laughs> and you know, there's an expression when you're watching a movie. Are you feeling your ass? <laughs> you know what that means? You you're bored. You're bored. You're if you're shuffling around in your seat, you're feeling your ass. I enjoy the Irishman, of... though. You didn't enjoy it? Excuse me? I enjoyed the Irishman. I, I mean, it was long, but Scorsese movies are notorious for being long. Yeah. But it was yeah. a, It was a lot of, a lot of, I think it was so long because no, there was a lot detail, of errors lot of he had to cover. I mean, he had to cover so many. It's not a quick story because he got into Hoffa and he got into a lot of a lot of things, you know. All right. So you do this stage reading. Now, I came to see the stage reading. You were in California. It was at a theater. I can't remember where. Somewhere downtown. I don't remember either. Wilshire or something like that. It's a beautiful yeah, you theater. You dropped me off. You always, you always <laughs> drop me off and pick me up. I'm the chauffeur. <laughs> That's how it goes. You used to drive me and drop me off when I was a kid. Yeah, but then, then I get you in the movie if I can. You always do. You always get me something. That's right. 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 <laughs> so I, I dropped you off, and then I came back later with, with, my, with one of my best friends, who was my, my, I used to call him my Paul, gay husband. Paul Beckett. Paul Beckett. And he was very impressed. Paul was very impressed with the story, with your performance. He even said your dad was the best one. Your dad was so good. I, I was always impressed with him that yeah. he was an extra and oh. he would work every day as an extra. Every day. Oh, they wanted him to be an alligator. He put an alligator suit on. Oh, he made Everything a living. He wanted. He made a living doing oh. that. So you read, you did the stage reading and then I remembered it. So that's what that's how I got involved. I remembered it. And it was very it was such a poignant uh, storyline because we've seen a million, uh, you know, mob movies and we've seen that story over and over. But this was a different take on it. Now, who was reading for the daughter then? Was that Kathy Narducci? Was she reading for the role of the daughter? She was at the time. Yeah. Okay. She didn't get it either. She didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> so don't feel bad, right? I mean, right. even with all her credits, she didn't get, yeah. Uh, but how did she, I don't remember her. Was she good? Do you remember liking what she did with it? Kathy? Yeah. Yeah, okay. excellent. Okay. I mean, you know, she actress. does her thing. What she does as well, yeah. does it well. Right. Oh, my God. I'm rewatching The Sopranos, and she's so good in it. I mean, they're, they're all oh, so yeah. good. They're all so good. Yeah. Okay, so you, so you read for it. Now, now how I got involved was... I was at a New Year's Eve party with Paul Ben Victor. And at that time, Kevin and I, my husband and I just started dating. We had nothing to do for New Year's Eve. And I called Dave Rodriguez because I became friends with Dave only because every time you came to California, 
we went to go see Dave. Either he was doing a film. We went to go see a premiere. Do you remember the premiere? Was it of Push or I feel like it was of another movie, American Bully. I think it was. a. I don't know. I don't remember. Remember that? So we went to go see it. And so, so that's, I got to know him through you. It might have been you. Push. It might have been Push. Maybe it was Push. I don't know. I don't even remember the year. But every time I would, you would come out, we'd see Dave. So him and I developed a friendship. And he actually read a script that I wrote. And we just became friends. Anyway, I called him up. I don't even know why. But I called him up and I said, what are you doing for New Year's Eve? Because he was someone who was always very, always had a party going on, always something. I said, well, he says, I'm going to my friend Paul Ben Victor's. Why don't you come? I said, well, can I bring my boyfriend? He said, yeah, bring your boyfriend. So we go up well, to Paul Ben, ben Victor's house. Ben Victor was house. in the movie. I read with Ben Victor. And he was in the, the stage audition. reading too. And they were very close. Right. Him and Dave were very close. He's also a great actor. So we went up to his house for New Year's Eve and... I asked Dave, I said, whatever happened to that stage reading that you did of that play? Because I couldn't get it out of my head. The story was so interesting. The storyline of the father and the daughter. The father was a mob guy who went away and, and the daughter. And it was just very interesting. And he said, I still have it. He said, I, I want to turn it into a movie, but I can't get any finance. I haven't been able to get financing. And at that time, Kevin's brother was investing in films. So I said to him, I go, I go, what do you got apart from me? <laughs> Right. That's what we always say. I go, you got a part for me in the movie? And he said, yeah, I got a part for you. I said, all right, well, let me look and see if I could find financing. That night I talked to Kevin. I said, hey, think your brother would be interested in in financing this movie, reading the script or financing the movie. So Kevin's Kevin was like, yeah, I think so. So then I called Dave back. I go, hey, you got a part for my boyfriend because his brother is investing in films. Could we both be in the movie? He's like, yeah. He's like, so. So I said, give me the script so I could get it to Kevin's brother. So when I read the script, originally I wanted to play the, the daughter. You know, that was, but he, but Dave said to me, he's like, no, that part's already cast. I got somebody. He said, what about the wife, the, the next door neighbor, the wife? And so I said, yeah, all right, that's a good part. And then I said, could my boyfriend be the husband? He said, no, I already got that cast. That's going to be Michael Rappaport. So when I heard that, I said, to Kevin, I go, you got to be something else because we need, I want to be Michael Rappaport's wife. Yeah. So he gave, he says, I got, I got some detective parts. He could be one of the detectives. So, so then the film, the film, he already started casting it. Well, right? before he had already you got the money, people. before you got the money for him, he already casted the Rappaport? He had already, he was trying to get the financing all this time. He had already planned. Oh, he was. He had already asked, right. right he had already asked Paul Servino to play the, the, the lead. And then yeah. uh, Renee, who was an actress who was also, I think, his girlfriend. I don't know at the time if she was his girlfriend or just a friend. But he had cast her to play the daughter. He had Michael as the lead, uh, the, the guy, the other lead. And, and then there were some roles that were open, some detective roles. But I think... I think how you got pushed out was that there were he had combined the roles like when he did the deli guys. I think there were more deli guys. And then he just moved it down to Paul Ben Victor. Johnny Roast Beef was your character. And I think in the rewrite, uh, he said, your dad doesn't look like somebody that could die of a heart attack. (laughs) So I said, I go, I go, my dad said he read for the that part. And he said, no, I need somebody that you believe could have a heart attack on the spot. So it was kind yeah, of a compliment. Heavy, heavy set guy. Johnny Rose Beef. 
Yeah, right. Right. And then the I other mean, guy. I wasn't, I wasn't like, uh, you know, broken up with the fact I didn't get it. Because it I knew like that you, you were a big like... part of it. Right. And that was it. And I came to the set and I enjoyed it. I was yeah. very professional. Because you said to me, now when you come to the set, that you're going to be nice, aren't you? <laughs> I said, you're kidding me. I'm going to go right into his face and tell him. <laughs> I come in and book me in here. <laughs> so is no, I didn't do that. I was no. a, I was very prof, prof, professional. Professional, and actually, I have right. a great I have a great picture of you guys hugging when you got on the set because he loved you. Yeah, then, he loved no, you. I, I wish some luck and all that. You know, he, he was he, good. He's a good and director, he, and he used you a lot. He used you a lot, so it wasn't like you weren't in nothing. You were in a lot of his productions, and I'm sure you know right. there would have been other stuff. You know, so what I want to talk about is so so. I call you and and I don't remember, but I'm sure I called you and said, hey, uh, I'm coming out. And I was just acting in it at this point. Uh, me and my boyfriend are coming out because we came to stay with you originally in Jersey. Me and my boyfriend are coming out and we're going to work on this film. And uh, I'm playing Michael Rappaport's wife. That's all we knew. And Kevin's brother, Chris Kelly, was financing half the, the film. And then Dave had financing with somebody else for the other half. My son, Tom, your grandson, becomes the production manager or whatever he was in the office. Right. And we all fly to New Jersey. Correct. And, and then, I remember you being on the phone constantly, constantly. arguing about <laughs> money, yeah. arguing with actors. Yeah. I mean, you were a big part of it. I was very proud of you. Thank I mean, you. when you, you, you took Paul Savino... And you brought him down a couple of notches. <laughs> I mean, he, tough guy. initially he said, no, and I want this, I want that. Or they said, stop. <laughs> this is what you want. This is what I can give you. That's right. Said, wow. That was great. I love well, it. Well, an apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I learned a lot well, of that you know. from you. Uh, yeah, but, uh, but when I came originally into the film, I, I thought I would just be acting. I wasn't planning on producing. So what happened? what happened was... When we got there, Dave was bringing half the financing. Chris was bringing the other half of financing. While we're there, we're all in New York. I've put my dog with a babysitter. My daughter had to go to her dad's house. I mean, this like disrupted everything. I mean, I did a lot of things to come out here and make this movie. And then we get the call from Dave. He doesn't have the financing. The, the guy fell out. The guy that was going to give him the money falls out. So now we're all in they New York. They always do. They always do. <laughs> we're in New York. We're, <laughs> it was like, I mean, the blood drained from talk, my body. A lot of talk, a lot of meetings, oh. but no moolah. We got no money. <laughs> no, so, we got to have another meeting. Have another meeting. And I, I didn't, I had only met Kevin's brother once. So I didn't know how he was going to take the news of like, listen, we've already spent some of your money. The director flew out. I flew out. We all did this on the dime of the movie. You know, the production offices are up and running, but we can't make this movie. I think we got to close up shop. Remember I said, Jago, I think I'm going back home. We're not making a movie. It was very close to that point. We were very close to going, we got to leave. And then Chris said, well, what if I come in for the whole thing, all the money, which I didn't even think was an option. So after he said that, 
I was like, all right, let's do it. We're back in business. Now, that's when I became a producer, and that's when Kevin became a producer. So you take these two people who, this is why the, the podcast is called How to Make a Movie When You Don't Know Shit. Kevin and I met in acting class. We were actors. I never produced anything. Kevin never produced it. We didn't. We knew nothing. And all of a sudden, we were handed the reins of a feature film with stars. Paul Servino, Michael Rappaport, Stephen Bauer, Chaz Palminteri. So I'm in the living room with you, and I'll never forget this. And we're going to have Larry on, because Larry, I, I said to you, I go, I don't know what I'm doing. I got nobody. I don't know. And you said, I got a guy for you. And you remember right. that? And that was Larry. Right. And then you introduced oh, yeah, me to Larry Roller. You were telling me about money and stuff like this. I got a guy to protect you. Yeah. He's the right guy for you, Larry. <laughs> and uh, he was the driver. And he, he did yeah. a hell of a job. Oh, but you incredible. say, uh, I don't know nothing about production, producer. You know what makes a good producer? How much money you got. Okay, <laughs> because the money talks. You got to yeah, have money. Then you're that's a producer. True. Yeah. You got, if you got money behind you, right. you could talk your way in. Well, that's what I we mean, you got to have smart. Right. You, yeah, you know, you've been in the business, you yeah. know. Yeah. But you got to have money. No, and, and I will say this. I I started at the bottom. I was the first job I ever had was as an extra. I did extra work for a long time. When you do extra work, it's a it's a school. You learn. I know who I know what a grip is. I know what an electric guy does. I know who I know the first AD. I know you don't go to the first AD to talk. You go to the PA. You go to the second AD. There's a, a hierarchy in films that I knew because I did come up through the ranks. It wasn't like I just came straight out of acting class and I didn't know anything. But it was a lot of responsibility. Speaking of speaking about extra work, I learned from the best. He was an idol. He's no longer with us. Tony Rigo. Mm. He was an extra all his life. And he was like one of the oldest extras I ever saw. When I first met him on the set, he says, you wrote a song for Sinatra. I heard about that. I'm a Sinatra lover. Now, listen, you want to be a good extra? Don't give your pencil to anybody. If they ask you for a pencil, say no. You got to come prepared. You're extra. You come with a pencil. And don't talk to nobody. If you talk to people, they'll be with you all day. That's great. And we sit in this room here, and the person comes up and wants to talk. So we went, and we went in the corner. Just him and I. You know, see this lady coming towards you? Don't look at her. <laughs> and the lady walked away. That's great. But you know something? He was right. Yeah, he was right. Don't give your pencil to anybody, and don't start talking. Because they'll be on your back all day. That's 100% true. And extra work, I mean, extras, they don't get the credit they deserve. First of all, you couldn't make any movie without extras. You need extras. And if you have great extras that know what they're doing, I mean, we learned that on this film in New York because we didn't really have professional extras. We were... We were bringing people in from, I said, you know, somebody wants to be in the movie. I mean, we were grabbing people and it was, it was rough. There were people looking at the cameras. They walked by, there were people, you know, trying to go over and talk to the stars. I mean, it was, we, we really shot this thing on the streets of Queens, really. I mean, that's very hard. Holding was in churches. Hold traffic. traffic. How do you hold traffic in New York? You don't. You don't. They just keep coming at you. No. Every day was a grind. And we shot it in, I have to ask Kevin this, but I want to say like 19 days we shot the whole film. We, was, we weren't there That's long. Good. And we started on Grandma's birthday. Do you remember that? Oh, uh, yeah. 
April the 18th. April 18th, yeah. That was the, that was our first day of shooting. You said, well, that's going to be good luck because it'll be the first good day luck. of shooting. That's going to be good luck. But I'll never forget the first day of shooting. Kevin and I are in Video Village. Mind you, we were not we, we did not come to New York to be producers. And now we're sitting in front of Video Village with headsets on, watching it. And Mike, the first scene is Michael Rappaport, Paul Servino in a doctor's office. And they start acting, the two of them together. And it was magic. And I was like, we're going to be OK. This film's going to be we're going to be OK. So so going from that. So you watch. So we moved out of your house. We were at your house like a week. Kevin and I living there. You remember that? Yeah. Kevin said every morning what he remembers is you used to bring him a steak sandwich from Dunkin' Donuts. Right. <laughs> Knock on the door. You go, Kevin, <laughs> steak sandwich. He would get out of bed. And then, uh, and then, yeah, then we went to New York and Larry was working constantly, driving people back and forth. And I will say. Yeah. Well, Larry knew New York. Yeah. He, Larry's from New York. Yeah. So I knew he'd be a good guy. Great. Because he knew all about New York. He was great. Where he could stay. This, he found an apartment for Tom. Yep. He moved Tom to a different apartment. Yeah. He found an apartment for you. Yep. He was the key guy. There. And I, I could always count on Larry. That's one thing I could always. I remember we had to get $20,000 in cash. And I was like, Larry's got to hold the cash. I don't trust anybody. <laughs> Larry will hold the cash. But it was funny because oh, yeah. people thought people thought I was mobbed up. People were like. How do you know Larry? Where Larry? Like they all were like suspect of Larry. Even Michael said to me, "He's like, he's like, well, what's the deal with Larry? How do you know Larry?" <laughs> it's like, but Larry was just a quiet, silent, and and it's funny. I don't know that Larry had been on movies before, but Larry knew how to behave on a movie set. He was quiet, never, you know, always was watchful. That's, was that's was his there? Style. I never that's had to look yeah, for Larry. I never had to look for Larry. If I needed Larry, he was right there. He was great. Yeah. He was great. So that was a big find. And Paul Savino liked him as a driver. Oh, he because, was great. Because uh, Larry would just pick him up, and like you say, no chatter. He'd just be quiet. Paul yeah. loved to sing in the car. Yeah. One time I went with him to pick Paul up, and I sat in the back. He picked up Paul, the Michael Rappaport. He said, that's my friend Alfred Atoli. He works for Pesci. You work for Pesci? <laughs> so Paul Savino says to me, I got a question. When you see Marty, can you ask him a question for me? I said, if I can, what is it, Paul? Why is he mad at me? <laughs> I said, what? Why, why is he mad at you? Yeah, they're mad at me, and I don't know why. Why? Why are That's they what mad? he said to me. Because he didn't get in enough films? He didn't work with him again? Is that why, since Goodfellas? Yeah, he wanted to be in Casino, and right. he wasn't in Casino. He was only in Goodfellas, right? That was the only Scorsese movie he was in, right? Yeah, the Michael Rappaport said to me, how is it working for Joe Pesci? Wow, I'd love to work love for Joe, Joe Pesci. Pesci. Yeah. These are like, these are standard. They, they did so many movies and they're acting like little kids. In Everybody the loves car. Joe Pesci. Everybody loves Joe Pesci. Oh, yeah. 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 Everybody, well, he's a great actor and he's done some iconic, just iconic films, you know? Very talented. Uh, and it's. He brings a different character to the screen every time he comes there. Yep. I mean, people say he'd want to do the Irishman. No. When Marty presented it to him, he said, I don't want to play another gangster, Marty. Yeah. What am I going to do? How can I be different? Right. Marty said, just read the script. And when he read the script, he says, I think I could do this, Marty. I'm going to play a different type of gangster. And it was great when he did that low-key, laid-back. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean, he had Al Pacino that's like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he went. The opposite way. Yeah. And that scene between the two of them, 
by the way, was the first time they ever worked together. Isn't that crazy? At the Latin Casino. Oh, yeah. First time that Al and Joe ever worked together. Wow. All those years. It was iconic. It was great. Yeah. And you were there he for that. He waited for Al. We didn't talk about that. I was but there. You, stay yeah. a minute. You were, you were on the whole Irishman. Yeah. Yep. And Casino. And Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag. And what were the other ones? Gone, Gone fishing. fishing. Yeah. The Good Shepherd. Good, oh, Shepherd. Good Shepherd. Yeah. He had a small part in that, but it was poignant. One day. We worked one day. That was it? You did that all in one day? That's it. That's pretty good. One day. That's pretty good. Matt Matt Damon. Wow. So let's fast forward. So the film now is done. I go back to I go back to LA. And then the next time you see the film is when we go to the premiere in New York, right? With me and Auntie and Charmin. We got a limo. Got a limo, right? And we went. And what what was your impression of the film when you saw it? When you saw it all completed and done, edited and music and everything else? I enjoyed it. I thought the deli scene, I'm a little prejudiced because I wasn't in it. <laughs> I thought the deli scene was a little uh, too, uh, what can I say? Too many guys at one time right. in the deli. Right. It was jumbled a little bit. And that was my only comment I had. I thought Paul Savino was great. Amazing, right? I thought Michael was great. Yeah. I thought Michael was great. And I I just liked the story. It was different. Very different. You know what I mean? And I thought it Renee was great. It was a different story. I thought Renee was great. Oh, yeah. What she brought. When you come with a different premise of a story. Yeah. Right. Him getting out of prison, <clears throat> the whole bit. And I thought it was hysterical when his daughter had to tell him that she's gay. And they're waiting at the restaurant to meet. I thought that was the best scene. Yeah, the, the way awkwardness. The restaurant to meet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was great. And and you know, I mean, I'm sure. You see these things here? Yeah. See these? Yeah. They keep falling out of my ears. You well, know why? Why? Because when I go like this with my hands, I knock them out. Yeah, you can't. You got to get these. See these ones I got in my ears? They got no wires. Damn. Oh, you have wireless. Wireless. Charmin, I want wireless earphones. I don't want these. <laughs> Yeah, wireless the is head. the best, and they just sit in there, and that's it. You don't have to worry yeah, about it. Every them. time I hit it, I hit the wire. Every time you move your thing, it knocks them off. Well, yeah, I'm Italian. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta talk with your hands. Of course. Yeah. Um, was something else I was gonna say about the premiere? What are you gonna do with this movie? What are you doing with this movie? You're reviving it. I think I'm. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, get some attention to it again, and I just feel like it should be somewhere like Netflix or Amazon or somewhere where people can see it. Because my my experience with it is is like people. I sort of underplayed it, right? I told people I go, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, it's not a mob movie. It's you know, I sort of underplayed it. And people were riveted by it. I mean, my one girlfriend was in tears. She was like, that was the, that scene between the father and daughter was one of the most touching scenes I've ever seen. It's great. I had a, 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 a gay guy say to me that the way that she came out to her father was like, it brought up all kinds of feelings for him or reminded him of when he and the, the love and acceptance. And then the, you know, the, the torment that Paul goes through because of the, the generation yeah. you grow up in where it's not accepted, but it's your kid, 
you know, it's it's when you're dealing with Italians, it's really hard because especially Italians from in New Jersey and New York, we're brought up a certain way. You know what I mean? We're made to think things are a certain way, but we also have really big yeah. hearts and love for our kids, you know, so. So you don't feel enough people saw this movie? I don't think anybody saw it. I mean, I think it it if it was on Netflix, people would watch this movie based on just even the people that are attached to it. When I tell people I did this movie and, and that Paul Servino was in it, Michael Rappaport and Stephen Bauer and Chaz Palminteri, they go, oh, where's this movie? What movie? You know what I mean? Why is that? Yeah. Because if you're even scrolling around on Netflix and you see those stars, people that are fans of Chaz Palminteri, they would go watch it. So what's your plan? Well, my plan is to re revisit it, revisit it now that sort of some time has passed and I can go back out there and reshop it and see if I can get it at home on Netflix, especially after the pandemic. I think uh, they need content. It's, it's done. Well, how, how do you get it to Netflix? I mean, uh, well, they just don't take anything. No, I mean, it has to. They have to. But the thing is, Art. it's the film's already done. It's already in the can. It's not like they have to put up any but you money. You got to know somebody. Right. You got to know, know somebody. Right. So, do you know anybody? Yes. That's the key to this the whole key. thing. You got to know somebody. Right. Don't send it in the mail. No. It'll never get <laughs> hand delivered to a right. person. Right. Right. Like that. Takes it and he watches. But you got your film that's on Amazon Prime. Your film's on Amazon yeah, Prime. Yeah, I got on Amazon Prime. But that, that's, it's not that hard to get on Amazon Prime. Right. First of all, they give you no money up front. They give you no money. Right. It's like I tried Netflix, nothing. Right. I tried HBO, and I had good contacts because The Irishman was done by Netflix. Mm -hmm. So I knew a lot of people after doing The Irishman right. that were affiliated with Netflix. Right. I got it to the right people. But they're very honest with me. It's not for us. Yeah. Very low budget film. I yeah. Have. Yeah. And it's a cult film for musicians. How? Same thing with HBO. And what's it called? It's called Does the Band Eat? And what does that mean? What does that title mean? Does the Band Eat? Does the Band Eat is an expression. Being in the music business all my life, we used to work weddings mm -hmm. and used to say, how much for the, the wedding? Does the band eat? Why you ask me that? Well, if I you feed us, I'll give you a better price. <laughs> That was always the, and they would never feed the band. You had to really ask, right? And then they would do it. And that's an, so that's that's an inside it. joke, very inside, right? So it's a film Amazon for musicians. Prime to me, Amazon Prime to me is like when you can't get into Harvard or Yale, you go to community college. That's a big jump, <laughs> and that's what I did. Okay, but I'm glad I did because they do show it a yeah. lot. A lot of people are watching right. it, and three three actors in my film are now gone. They're dead, and I wow. I put it on Amazon Prime where they could see it. Probably more than that. On the screen, isn't there more than that? More than the, more than three people that are dead. Three passed away. Just three that were in that movie. Okay, Just three. Muzzy. Yeah. Joe Long. Larry Catrone. No, no, that was in the film. Larry Catrone. Oh, uh huh. Joe Long. Right. And my sister. Okay. The only three oh, that were in okay. The film. Okay. Muzzy wasn't in the film, so that was after Muzzy. No. Muzzy they was knew in your video. It. He was in your video. Yeah, but they That's all right. knew about the film. Okay. And now the three people that died were showing and telling them about it when they went up there. <laughs> like, you gotta they have, something, they have right? Amazon Prime in heaven, right? You got to believe something, right? right? Yeah. yeah. That's what they're up there doing, watching the movie. Did they? But they got to see it before they died. They did. They all did. That's why I was so glad 
I made the deal with Amazon Prime. So that everybody and can see it. And it got five stars. Five That's stars. That's good. That five stars is good. So people can go check it out. Does the band eat? Yeah. Apple, Apple TV took it and they, they're playing it too. Oh, okay. Well, great. That's a success story. It's a pause. You got, you, you got more success than yeah. I did. <laughs> Your film went I'm further older. than mine did. Okay, that's what it is. I'm older. That's what it is. Yeah, you need more years. So, so before we wrap up, I want to talk about acting a little bit because you, I, you have a very you have a lot of funny stories about um, stuff you auditioned for that you didn't get. And one of my favorite stories is uh, the <laughs> Sopranos because Ooh, because that was a big when you watch the Sopranos and you know you, I mean how how are you? How are you and I not on The Sopranos? I mean, it doesn't even make any sense, right? And I read, you well, read. Christopher Walton's wife, Georgiana. Georgiana. Mm -hmm. She was the kiss. Right. So first of all, you had to go to her. And she loved me. Every time I went, oh, wow, brother, so glad you're here. <laughs> you're going to get this. <laughs> I went three times there, four times. But the best one is when I went and I looked at my paper. I had two words on it. I said, uh, Georgiana, that's it. Yeah. This guy went to prison and he came home and they gave him a big party. And what do I have to do? Well, you're going to greet him. So I went, I'm saying two words, welcome home. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. Now go over to Queens. Now you're in New York City. Got over to Queens. That's not an easy trip. No, and you live in I Jersey. I don't do the subway. Right. I, I don't do the subways and all that thing. I got in a cab, drive me to Queens, right to the Kaufman Studios a whole bit. And I go there. The room is crowded. David Chase, all producers around. Hi, my name's Alfred Natoli. Okay, Alfred. Glad to see you. Let's hear it. Welcome home. That was great. Great. Can you do that one more time for me? Welcome home. Oh, love it. One more time, Alfred. I'm saying to myself, what the fuck? I two words here. Welcome home. Great. Thank you, Alfred. Thank you very much. The women's thank you. They beep, 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 beep. I go out. Did I get it? No. Who got it? I'm five foot five. I see a guy about six foot four, 250 pounds. He went, walk him home. <laughs> That's the guy who got it. <laughs> but they made me do it three times. It's the worst. The worst. So you had to take a bus to Port Authority, right from New Jersey to Port Authority, then a cab to Queens. And then the worst part is just the whole going day home. cost me $50. $50, 50 to go. Bucks the welcome day. home. Welcome home. Welcome. Yeah. I mean, the, the shorter the lines, the harder it is. And then the last story I'll tell is, so you come out to California with me and you're running at, we're just running errands together. We're going everywhere. So I said to you, I got, yeah. I, I, I got this audition. A lot of lunches. We did a lot, a lot of lunches. lunches. A lot of coffee bean, coffee end. Remember? <laughs> Get the right. coffee and the biscuit. We dip it in. Right. Now, you said the best line to it, coffee bean. We got a coffee bean. You go, I got it. Because this is when you, you're, you're packing. You got money. You go, I got it. What is it? And it was like, I don't know, $13. We go, $13? What'd you get? I go, we got coffee. You go, I go to coffee in Jersey. It's a dollar. What is, 
right. now, coffee in L.A. First thing when she said $13, wouldn't I break a window? <laughs> <laughs> Two coffees. What'd you get? I go, I got a coffee. But anyway, so right. so I get an audition. I think I got this through you. So it was for Nick Turturro's pilot to play Nick Turturro's wife. Yeah. And I had seen it. Right. Somebody had read for it or something, but I knew about it. And I told my manager, my agent, no one could get me an audition. So you go, who, Nick Turturro? You go, I know a guy who was in his wedding. So you call your friend Nick Puccio, right? Right. Call Nick Puccio. You're like, hey, can you call Nick Turturro? My daughter wants to read for this thing. Can you get her in? So you got So it. we get the we actually get the call and, and I'm going to read for it. And I went to a coach and I worked on it. And I, I really had a, a nice take on the character. But I think I know. but I think because it was a favor called in, they didn't take me serious as an actor. So I get there. They call me in. You're in the waiting room and you're in the waiting room with Frank Stallone. Do you remember this? Right. Joe, he's singing to me. He's singing. Sylvester's brother, and you said, "Wow, even he's got to read." You said to me, "Famous brother, he's in here reading for a part." He's right? got to read. Gotta right. read. So, and he had seen me the night before because I was working with Tony Ross, the sack plate, oh, Carmine Stewart. That's right. He used to come in and say, "Can I sing? Can I sing?" And we used to bring him up. And sing. I didn't know he sang. Is he good? Oh yeah, he'd sing all these standards. Well, that's good. He had a pretty nice voice. I gotta Google him. Anyway, so we're in the waiting room. They call me in, and I noticed that the other girls that were reading, they were going in to read with the casting director, and they had me read with the assistant. So I did the read with the assistant, and I did a, I could tell I did a good job, and the assistant goes, oh, that was really good. Like, he was surprised. Was, that was really good. I go, thank you. He goes, okay. All right, well, uh, thanks for coming in. So I walk out with you, and I go, I don't know. They had me read with the assistant. I think it's bullshit. So we're walking to the car. And all of a sudden we'll you hear, the, yeah, the we're car. out the door. We're going to the car. We're leaving. Out the, and all right. of a sudden we hear papers flapping and the assistant is running after us. And we turned around. I don't know who he was. He goes, can you come back? Can you come back in? And we go, yeah. Well, well, wow. What, we forget an umbrella? That's a fast callback. <laughs> That's a fast callback. Right in the yard. Come on, come on back, come on back. That's the fastest callback in the history of callbacks. Like, call back. Fastest back. callback I've ever seen. So they, they bring me back in. And then the casting director comes mm -hmm. in, the person who everybody else was reading with. And then she read with me and she said, That was very good. It was very good. You did a very good job. I said, Thank you. She mm -hmm. said, uh, Never, uh, you've never been in here before. I don't know you. I said, no, you never brought me in for nothing is what I was thinking. I go, no, no. She goes, okay, it was very good. But we walked out and I said, how funny was that? I go, they thought I was going to be just that all, just a jerk, you know. Yeah. But then I actually you, you said, did a nice job. You said, I got this. Oh, I got you always this. think, said, right? You, you definitely got it. Oh, this. they chased definitely. me, Dad. They chased me down the thing. Chase it. Chase it. I don't even know. I don't even know if that pilot went. I don't even know if the pilot, I don't remember him having a show, so who knows. But anyway, that's uh, some of the funny stories of Hollywood. So yeah, so we're going to have on everybody that was involved in the movie and talk about the movie. And then hopefully we'll uh, move the movie on to uh, Netflix or somewhere. Well, good luck. Somewhere. Good luck. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you doing this. I felt like you had to be on here first because none of this would have happened without you. Oh. Okay, I'm the initiator. Uh, you're like Bob Gaudio in the in the in Jersey Boys. Yeah. <laughs> it would have never okay. happened without you. So, all right. all right. Well, stay safe. All right. Good luck. Thanks for coming on. And I'll talk to you later. Remember. Yes.
If you didn't get it, they went a different way. That's what you should have called your book. They went a different way. Right. <laughs> well, that that could be another book. Be another book. <laughs> All right, Dad. Here's looking at All you. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you. Charmin. Come over here. Done. Done. Huh? Done. See these? Yeah. Keep falling out of your ears. You know why? Yeah. You got them in. When you go down with your hands like this, 